Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy and this is episode number 41. And today we're going to be talking about something that's completely left field, something that's unorthodox and something that we haven't covered before on this particular podcast. And that is talking to you know people who have started supporters groups of whether it be local teams or international Premier League teams around the world. And I just felt that, you know, we've been talking with fans for, I think, we're now close to around a year. And we've never really discussed, you know, how they've come about not only supporting their clubs, but creating an entire fan base, you know, in their cities uh, with fans of other, uh, I mean, fellow fans who support the same club, how they've come about their name, you know, how they got uh, recognition from the club itself. And so we'll be delving into that in greater detail over the next probably half hour to an hour. Uh, but before we get to that, let me ask my guests to introduce themselves. Now, before uh, I, I get to that again, uh, normally what I do is I have my each of my guests introduce themselves. But I thought because we're talking about fan clubs and everything, I thought I'll do something different this time. And I'm going to combine the introductions with a question. So uh, the the overarching question is, you know, how did you come about creating your supporters club? And of, co- of course, you can talk a bit about yourself. So let's start off with Arup. Uh, Arup, uh, why don't you give our guests a brief introduction of who you are and, you know, how you came about creating Chelsea India? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, thanks, Vandivan, for having me on the show. Uh, so I... Uh, I am the founder of Chelsea India Supporters Club. Uh, back, so I started following Chelsea back in 2002, and at that point of time, the only way I could connect with other Chelsea fans was uh, BBC 606 forums. Uh, over there, I started meeting a lot of people, and then they started asking questions about uh, are there other Chelsea fans in India. It was a surprise for them that there was a Chelsea fan from India on the board. Uh, later forums came around and uh, that's when I discovered that there are official supporters group uh, in in UK who go to games and stuff and I thought why why can't we have something for, like that for India uh, and Orkut was the in thing at that point of time and uh, so we I uh, found a few groups on Orkut uh, one of them was started by Shainik uh, which was uh, Chelsea India, uh, Chelsea supporters group or India or something like that. Uh, we came together and we met for a, for a game. Uh, and then we thought, started thinking, you know, we, why don't we call others on? And there was these bunch of core people, uh, Shrenik, Vinod, me, uh, Viknesh and Anand and others who would come for every game. So that's when we decided, you know, why not make this an official thing? And we started applying to the Chelsea, fan, uh, Chelsea club, football club in UK. Uh, but our applications weren't, weren't like fell on deaf ears initially, and that's when I had to use one of those old BBC 606 forum connections to get a word in, and that's when they re- realized that these are a serious group of fans who meet uh, every single game uh, across India, uh, and that's how Chelsea India was born initially with just one city, and but then we started expanding all across India. Brilliant. I, I mean, you said that you were a Chelsea fan since 2002. And I mean, no offense, but a lot of the Chelsea fans that you normally talk to have only been 
have only started supporting Chelsea post Abramovich era and so I can understand you know when you were actually watching Chelsea back then and then you realize that you know you were surprised that there were other Chelsea fans or people were surprised that there were actually other Chelsea fans back then when Chelsea were relatively not as successful back uh, during that period and so uh, how big is the Chelsea India you know supporters group currently so on uh, facebook we have more than oh, uh, 100000 members uh, we are very big in that sense uh, about i would how i like to judge a fan club honestly is by the number of people who show up to match game screenings uh, and that number across india would be in thousands uh, if you combine like we have screens in more than 20 cities uh, and so a lot of people show up to these games and so that kind of support is somewhere you know that you don't see honestly uh, often with a lot of supporters uh, groups uh, and that is because that loyalty uh, for the club then translates into camaraderie and friendships that go a longer way outside of football uh, and that for me is what the essence of a supporters club is true uh, i mean, i completely agree with you there but when you say i mean obviously you are chelsea india and i over my tenure as a host of the podcast you know i've tried to you know scour the internet to see how many you know fan groups are there and i came across you know the bayside blues which is chelsea mumbai so uh, as chelsea india how many cities are you you know how many cities are you in or how many cities do you deal with and how many are you know outside your purview and are completely separate entity so uh, a lot of these fan clubs came about out of the main uh, india supporters group so bayside blues is someone i'm closely associated with right now uh, i don't actually function as the head of chelsea india supporters club anymore uh, i'd gone to us and that's when i stepped away and let the other people take charge of it uh same with bayside blues was a group of fans who were you know had slightly different ideas with the chelsea india supporters club so they formed their own group and a lot of other cities like this uh uh bangalore has one delhi has one who have uh, uh city based fan clubs because they like they like they want to focus more on the uh their local screenings the way they want to do things is slightly different from the vision that the india supporters club has and that's fine as long as you know people come together and you know get together and have a good time that's all that matters uh, i remember in 2012 for the champions league final we had organized a goa screening we weren't that big even then uh listen we had a lot of local chapters across india but eventually for that screening in goa 150 people turned up from mumbai we had to send an entire bus to goa arrangement had to be made with within a span of two weeks uh it was crazy because we had not planned on any of this it was just after that night in barcelona that uh, we said you know like why don't we do the final screening in goa uh and so all these people you know bent back with this image of uh how much fun this was why don't we do this in our cities uh, more often more regularly and so a lot more fan clubs have uh, come out and basically you can call them sister concerns you can call them offsprings or whatever uh but they are more and more coming and it's all good because end of the day it helps uh, chelsea supporters in those cities find a home exactly and also 
I mean, as Chelsea India, it feels like a sort of inspiration to these, you know, sister clubs or these offsprings that you speak about. Also, at the end of the day, you know, it it just also helps grow the market for Chelsea. You know that they know that they have such a loyal fan base in India, so that is, you know, it works both ways. So you know, setting up such many fan bases would help fans, you know, connect with. fellow fans of that same club and in the long run it also helps like maybe you'd find chelsea looking at india as a prospective destination for pre-season there there are more chances that these clubs would go to places where they have such a huge fan base because at the end of the day that's their marketing uh you know area that they'd love to you know get a good pr out of it and you know meet fans it's it's you know beneficial for everybody for sure uh-huh. for sure so last year uh, a lot of coaches had come down they run, ran training camps uh, and the sense we got was uh, and this was last year that you know, chelsea would eventually come down maybe the youth team maybe the women's team or maybe the men's team also over the next few years over the next two or three years that is the sense we got are we with uh, corona virus we don't really know how things will pan out uh, how, or what what the plan would be in the next few years but uh the sense from the club uh, was that you know they are appreciating how the fan base is uh, been growing in india and how you know all these pockets are turning blue and they have so much interaction over social media from all different countries uh that really gives them the sense of where the fans lie and how active they are perfect okay arup we'll catch up with you in just a bit now it's time to move on to adoksh and to those of you who followed our podcast uh, you you might have heard of him before he was in our very first and only west ham united uh, podcast episode and here he is once again so adarv would you like to give our guests a brief introduction of not only yourself but also you know talking about how the indian hammers came about sure thanks thanks pradeep uh, it's good to see all the supporters clubs is out of india congregate uh, uh just to give everyone an introduction i'm one of the founders of what is now known as the indian hammers it is the official supporters club for west ham united here in india um the club was started about 6 years ago now and uh um we we've, we've grown our followers across the country we have uh, members across bangalore mumbai delhi punjab uh mizoram aiswal and uh, goa so and and bunch of other places as well so it's a bunch of loyalists who supported west ham for close to 15 20 25 years of their lives now and uh, it's it's sort of our sort of in our blood right now i mean, you speak about again i think like uh, arup had mentioned about chelsea india there are a lot of smaller state uh, fan clubs that are under your purview so how did how did that come about so i think when we started off our initial model uh, was just to try and have one organization which would uh, be the indian hammers back then we didn't know what we would call it yet we, we debated between the uh, west ham united indian affiliated fan club uh but initially because our numbers were uh, small we 
we decided to keep one organization and then uh, one of my other co-founders Varun Esar who's based out of uh, Chandigarh um he came up with the idea that look as we expand and as we find more members i think it's best that we give some autonomy to state or city based uh subsections within the umbrella organization so that they can go about and try and find more fans and uh they will be better place to organize local events for local uh, west ham supporters and uh with that sort of decentralization we decided it would not only help the indian hammers grow as an organization as well as uh, it would also help us find uh, supporters in local regions we would not have access to otherwise okay uh, that that sounds actually you know interesting i don't think i've heard or i've seen other clubs do that. i mean it must have been you know quite nice to see that it was springing up or like there are different offsprings of the main uh Indian Hammers club pop up in different cities it was it was really good the only uh, the only um, condition that we placed was uh, was primarily because since we are an affiliated club for west ham uh, we are registered with uh, the club in london so there are certain rules and regulations that we need to follow in terms of our conduct in terms of our advertising in terms of our branding and in terms of uh what we put out on social media or what uh, our members can or cannot do so we did need some sort of quality control we did need uh, to ensure that there were uh, some sort of rules or regulations that uh, uniformly apply to everyone um so on a broad picture with what is registered with west ham united it is one organization it is the indian hammers within it we are all one uh but say uh, my supporters uh, in goa for instance uh, one of my friend one of my uh, friends tahi he runs the goa chapter uh so he has full autonomy to uh, organize screenings in goa he has full autonomy to go out and find more fans go out and uh, uh try and organize match match meets and stuff like that So that's how we do it across the country in the various places each of our members are located at. Well, okay. Uh I mean sounds quite an interesting model over there but how, you know how did it come about that you decided to create the Indian Hammers? You know, was it just two friends meeting up and you know having a common interest in that sort of way or was there more to it? Ah, uh, Monday. <laughs> it it's it's a funny story actually so um and i think i've mentioned this on my earlier podcast some of your listeners have uh, tuned into that uh so i came across an article on west ham's website by uh this guy called varun esar who who now is the co-founder of the indian hammers um varun had given an article talking about his love for west ham and how he's on the lookout for fans in india so when i came across that article i uh, traced him down on i think facebook or orkut or whatever it was back then and uh, and we decided uh, to together look for other fans who who we definitely knew were there in india uh, because we we would be we had already come across so many people telling us oh i had come across someone who told me once that they were a west ham supporter 
So it was just about how do we trace these people down. Uh, the initial effort was a lot of grunt work. So what we did, one of the things that we did was we actually went to West Ham's Facebook page, clicked on their followers list, and then went through each name out of, I think they had around 100,000 or 200,000 supporters following them across the world. And we went through each name and each profile to figure out who's from India. And then we reached out to them individually to try and form the fan club. So that was one of the things that we actually did. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that's, lo- that's a lot of work to, you know, really kickstart the fan yeah. club. Because, yeah. I, I, but I, I get it. Uh, and, and we touched upon this. Was. Thing, and you know, the, the, only, the only reason we wanted to do this was because there were supporters out there. Right, uh, which we will come back to in just like a few minutes. Uh, so I'll just move on to the next speaker right now. Uh, Madan, why don't you give our guests a brief introduction of yourself and, you know, Beast and Blues, one of the Chennai club's, you know, famous uh, supporters group. Hi, Pradi. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm Madan Kumar from Chennai. I'm one of the founders of uh, Beast and Blues, which is a supporters club of uh, Chennai NFC, uh, playing in uh, Indian Super League. So, uh, BSB started uh, just like few of our friends uh, who are interested in uh, Premier League football. And we were uh, doing screenings uh, in Chennai uh, uh, for every match, almost uh, the whole season. And uh, we got introduced through European football. Many of us came together through that. Uh, uh, some of the Chelsea uh, supporters club here down at Chennai and then mainly Manchester United uh, supporters here. So we all were together and watching European football for some years. And when uh, ISL was introduced, uh, then we thought, okay, shall we, uh, why not we go and watch a game together? And when we went, the connectors, uh, you know, brought us to the game. It made us connect more. For example, this is our city. We need to, you know, start supporting and, uh, you know, doing something for this club. What eventually happened is in the first season, uh, when we started watching, the Matrazi was playing for Chennai NFC. And uh, since we are all European football and we follow all the chants, etc. So we started singing some of the chants uh, from the stand for uh, Matrazi. And it was crazy because uh, in Chennai, they never heard or, uh, you know, it's not very common in India in, as in, in the stadium. So people were, people were giving weird looks and uh, thinking, who are these guys who are crazy? what they are singing, etc. Because uh, most of it was, you know, tutti passi uh, per matrasi, which is in Italian. So uh, they were look, looking at us very weird, as, you know, saying uh, these are a bunch of goofy guys or something like that. Uh, but then the interest uh, grew in us uh, because it is our own city. So we started to, you know, find uh, similar people who have interest in football or associated football. Obviously, uh, reaching out to the European supporters fan clubs uh, is a big plus for us. So we reached out to different uh, com- communities, footballing communities around here. Uh, as, as I said, you, you, Manchester United uh, uh, Supporters Club is one of the um, uh, one which had more members than Liverpool, Chelsea, City uh, supporters, etc. And then we uh, grew from strength to strength from there. So we find that uh, since they all, uh, you know, uh, have that European way of following football club. We had chants in the stands and the atmosphere was getting uh, very intriguing. 
so that everyone wanted to be there so that that kind of atmosphere was created by you know hardly 20 people uh from the stands and then it grew from strength to strength there so we reached out to you know our friends our colleagues we had a plan of you know bring at least one person uh one of your friend to the game so 20 of us will bring another one of us so that made us 40 similar we reached out to our you know friends uh, family college students in some of the colleges that we had contact with so yeah so that's how we developed as a, as a supporters group we grew in numbers and uh, we have almost now uh, uh, 3000 or uh, 4000 people following us on different social media but uh, i would say that our uh, numbers which uh, i will say is how many how many of us are buying season tickets uh, for the club you know attending all the games etc and we had about uh, 250 to 300 people in chennai watching every single match of indian super league happening in chennai so as for that is from one supporters group which i mean so yeah we can, uh, that is the real strength of us so when you have 200 300 people singing in the stands and you know going against the opposition uh it, it is a good feeling and everyone uh, some of them are not part of the supporters group but they do come and you know join us in our stands because they like the atmosphere there is full of songs and uh, you know uh, in the, in the language now we developed uh, singing in tamil language etc so yeah so now we grow uh, over these years and uh, this is where we are at the moment brilliant i i was surprised that you even mentioned manchester city supporters are they actually manchester city supporters quite a tough crowd to actually find anyone but uh, no you speak about you know how quickly chennai the chennai crowd gets enthusiastic about a sport i think you know you need only look and i don't like comparing you know football to like cricket or something like that but you need only look at how you know famous or how big or massive the chennai super kings fan base is you know globally as well so uh, it's it's no it comes to no surprise when you talk about how people are quick uh, to you know adapt to a different game and you know accept that different game accept that you know i i get i get when you said that you know people were chanting in italian in the first year or so in the stands people were looking at you funny yeah i mean i think isl was new to everyone indian football had yeah was there in the i league but had never really taken off at, at such a huge stage and so but it it's always nice to hear uh, how quickly you know people are willing to adapt and accept new formats of the game new uh, teams and like you said i think it it helps that you're also uh, choosing a club that is based out of that city uh, because yeah, I mean, if it was if there was no Chennai, and then you had to support some other club, it d- just doesn't have that same kind of feeling. Um, but okay, uh, let's move on to. We'll come back to you, Madan, in just a bit. But Manu, same question. You know, will you get give our guests a brief introduction? And how did you come about creating? You know, the official supporters club for the Kerala Blasters. Uh, so thank you, Prati, for having having me here. Manu Pratap from Kochi. Uh, talking about me, uh, unlike others, I am not the founder of this fan club. I am just handling the social media accounts of the fan club. So journey of Manjapur actually started in May 28. Actually, it was a normal social media page called Kerala Blasters Fans. Then we decided that uh, not we actually there are three people who actually founded this. They were they met through social media pages. That's it, and they started this. 
page just a social media page in the first year it was just a social media pages we posted the news about the club that's it then on second year it was actually the turning point for manjapada you would say there was a protest against manager we had a bad season so that protest against the management actually changed i would say i would say that we got a lot of media attention what is manjapada people understood that and there was a lot of results also because after the protest they changed the ceo they changed the coach and everything so it was pretty good actually uh then the third season was actually another t- t- turning point uh we were world we were able to meet the management and discuss the plan of action for the season and all then they uh then they gave us like lot of permission for the banners flex and all so it was actually um, slowly start the growth of manjapada was starting in third season so we started whatsapp groups with around that was that time the limit was 50 members i guess so 50 members in the group uh each district 14 districts in kerala 14 wings that's it then third season got over then fourth season we expanded actually we expanded a lot fourth season was one of the uh i guess another turning point i would say the third turning point <laughs> uh in that it was actually uh in every district wings we had like now if you take malappuram the northern side of kerala is football uh passionate uh, place for football so if you take like malappuram has around 35 groups 35 to 250 you can imagine the strength there then in kochi around uh, 22 groups so everywhere we had a lot of groups then we started growing outside india outside the kerala everywhere because malayalis are there everywhere so we started uniting them so that's something we did uh, for the growth of the fan club and then even though uh, even if you check the social our social media it's pretty good actually like we have around whatsapp 35000 members in instagram uh, 227000 followers then if you take twitter uh, 50000 facebook 3 lakh so we have been pretty good actually the journey has been brilliant for us for the last 6 years if you take the team to we have reached two finals but apart from that there has been a lot of disappointing stuffs but as a fan club we have done our best want to fan club, best fan club awards from the indian sports owners so that's it about manjapada okay no that that sounds great manu uh, thanks for that uh, and okay now let's moving move on to you know the next sub topic that i wanted to discuss which is coming up with these you know f- club names right so chelsea india seems rather you know straightforward coming up with a name like that uh, but let me let me move on mother b stand blues what was the you know Uh, inspiration behind create that particular name uh, is it to do with the stand in the stadium how did you guys come up with that particular supporter group name yeah so b stand is the stand which is uh, directly behind uh, sorry it is behind the dugout of uh, the home home team uh, in chennai stadium uh, jawaharlal nehru stadium in chennai so it is just behind the dugout and we wanted to be there because uh, we were small in number at the time so we wanted to be as much as possible louder to uh, you know the home team uh, so that it will give the players and the support team more motivation so we chose b stand and obviously we the jersey of the the home color is blue so obviously b stand blues from there okay yeah okay then yeah that sounds like more straightforward than i thought it would be uh, and manu the you spoke about manjapara being the yellow army 
is that in any way inspired by the yellow wall from Borussia Dortmund or completely irrelevant and you know something to do with more related to the jersey colors that you guys wear why we choose manyapada because we wanted a unique name uh if you choose hello army or hello regiment anything it won't be unique manyapada being a malayalam name a local dialect which actually went so famous in the globe so that was, that was one of our main aim that local name should get global popularity yeah we have been 100% successful in that uh, so i won't say that we uh, are inspired from the yellow or anything and if you talk about yellow jersey the club started yellow jersey because i guess in kerala there are, there is a lot of brazil fans maybe when the club was starting they thought that's something will attract more people in to stadium maybe that's the reason so uh, we actually have inspired not only from the borussia dortmund even the commentators call such the dortmund of india but not only from we have inspired from dortmund i would say we have inspired from actually all the fan clubs who has done brilliant jobs if you take we do the mexican waves we do the flash waves we do the chants of european style then we do have the tifos which we see in the latin american style all thing we do actually we even have tried out this uh mosaic but it has that's not been successful <laughs> we are trying our best to make it successful like you see in the barcelona or real madrid stadiums that's something uh we are trying out so that's how manyapada became a unique name i mean it's quite interesting to hear about uh, you know the how your uh fan base came about that name and especially you know specializing it to that particular region i can't think of too many clubs in the isl i might be wrong and i i can admit and i've admitted before on the podcast that i haven't watched the isl uh too much but i can't think of too many clubs that have a specialized uh or regional name for their supporters club uh and even in europe yeah there might be i think obviously some of the ultras and all of that in the european countries may have that but it's always nice to hear that you know you didn't go the usual yellow army or yellow wall route you know you could have easily just adopted the borussia dortmund yellow wall and gone for that but uh, the fact that you thought that you wanted to stand out and be unique in a way is uh, really respectable and comm- commendable uh, all right so adoksh you mentioned when you were describing your you know how you came about creating the indian hammer supporters club that coming up with a name you were it wasn't an easy decision i mean as in you didn't it wasn't that you already had that in mind that i wanted to create the indian hammers club you were thinking of west ham india and all of that so uh, you know were there other names that came about like a more like we have isl groups here who have uh, you know a little more traditional or mo- more local language inspired club name so is that something that crossed your mind or was it west ham united not west ham united then we'll just go hammers because they're known to known as the hammers so it's just easier yeah. to make that association yeah um no we did we did have a couple of names which were uh hindi and sanskrit based uh that were floated around by a couple of members and we considered it the the thought process that went through our mind when uh, we selected the indian hammers as the final name was that 
the club would be an official affiliated club uh, for a football organization situated in London. So um, a name in English would definitely uh, help us both in marketing, branding, as well as connecting with uh, organizations and other affiliated clubs around the world. That was one of the reasons we went in with an Indian name. And second, uh, like you said, uh, we wanted something connected to the history of West Ham, something connected to the ethos of the club. And um, uh, the club is nicknamed the Hammers. So we we just did a geographical alignment and called it the Indian Hammers after that. Brilliant. So it, was, um, it was partly a marketing and branding play that we went in for an English name instead of a local name. Yeah, I, I suppose Indian Hathodas would be a little more on the funnier side of things. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when, probably when we venture into sales or something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so that's perfect. And uh, yeah, we'll come back to talking about more about the Indian Hammers. Uh, but all right, now moving on to the next topic and i just want to get an idea i mean you guys spoke about your the numbers of followers that you all have and it's staggering okay uh i think it like i sometimes feel like so happy you know you get those posts where you feel so happy when you see 10 likes at least on your post i'm i'm i think i'm one of those people but to hear that you know thousands and uh hundreds of thousands follow uh, your supporters group it, it's really inspirational is really interesting to hear and i just wanted to get an idea as to how that came about was it really a difficult thing to go through how did that process come about and arup let me ask you you obviously mentioned earlier on that in chelsea 2002 you really everyone was surprised that they were actually chelsea fans but you know getting followers was that a difficult task to start off with or you know was it relatively like you said the internet was starting to grow up. We had awkward and all of that. And so it was slightly easier, you know, back then. Uh, it was uh, definitely uh, helped by social media uh, and the internet penetration in India. Uh, like, I can't imagine doing this in early 2000s and having the fan base that we have today. Uh, but all of it is organic. And I think what really helps is Everyone craves for a sense of belonging, uh, whether it's the ISL teams and what these guys are also referring to. And I think these guys will agree with me. Uh, end of the day, when you come together, it's all about having someone next to you who shares the same passion about the thing that you are supporting. Uh, there's no other feeling like that. Uh, when you, you know you cry or you celebrate a goal or when you're disappointed and you have just like you have a shoulder to you know keep your head on and like have someone who understands what the pain of losing is um that i think really helps uh people you know connect with each other and those people go online to look for people uh with similar values and similar you know passions and that is obviously again helped by internet uh but end of the day, it's the club that brings everyone together. As in, if the club wasn't there, if the internet wasn't there, I'm sure it would be slower. But people would find a way to connect with each other. Uh, I think that's the essence of it. The passion and the love that we have all have for our clubs. 
I mean, definitely. Uh, I think, but you know, in 2002, when I guess the Chelsea fan base was not widely known back then. How did you? I mean, you mentioned Orkut and the the uh, forum that you meant, mentioned earlier as being, you know, the main areas where you targeted. Uh, were there any other areas specific? So, you know, you got your friends or your colleagues, uh, word of mouth. Is that basically how it all spread out, spread about? Oh, yes. Word of mouth. Uh, I wrote an article in uh, Mumbai Mirror, which is the local daily, uh, a sister concern of Times of India for Mumbai. Uh, I went on radio shows. Uh, I tried to tell people, whoever would listen, you know, uh, in my friend circle. And obviously, the idea was everyone in the fan club would do the same for all the people that they knew. Uh, I think uh, Madan was mentioning how 20 people got one person together and 20 became 40. Uh, that's the kind of idea that you have. You go and tell all your friends and uh, that, you know, here's the supporters club. Here's what we do. Uh, would you be interested in coming along for a game, uh, watch a game with us? And I can tell you for sure, once you come to any of our screenings, and uh, now we do go for Mumbai City FC games as in ISL as well. Uh, you will not want to watch the game sitting at home again. Uh, I don't think that is a choice uh, that anyone prefers anymore after you go and watch a game with fellow fans. Uh, and that's the organic growth that you can get. Basically, t- trying to tell anyone who would listen, uh, here we are, you know, we meet at, for every game. Here we go and here's where we have fun. I completely agree with you on that, man. Uh, like here in, in Dubai and all that, like we obviously, I don't, I there are fan clubs, but I I tend to normally either go out with friends or you know sit at home and watch on the laptop. But I remember when I was in the UK during the World Cup 2018, you know, watching outside uh, in the in college with you know at least hundreds of English fans uh, in a big screening. You know, it was there was nothing like that. Ever and obviously when England on the run that they were in back then it was insane and you know it just made you feel like you wanted to go every match. The only problem was that uh, it was it was around like twenty twenty five degrees out in the boiling sun that you had to sit to watch a match in the afternoon. So afternoon matches would generally be at home, but evening matches would predominantly be in university city on the steps and it was the atmospheres that you get with fans and you know watching it with people is insane incredible and i don't think anyone can replicate that uh but yeah uh mother you spoke about uh you know 20 become 20 then you add plus one like arup said 20 you talk to one and then it soon becomes 40 uh, not to be self-deprecating, but if I do 20 plus 1, for me, it's probably 20 itself. Yeah, that. Talking about uh, ISL, you know, how how difficult was it to get people on board to watch Indian football, given that, you know, Chennai at that point of time was probably more into the CSK, you know, mania back then. So how how difficult or how easy was it to get people to, you know, say... Hey, listen. Why don't you take a break from the IPL and watch Chennai and FC? They've got these kind of players. Why don't you come support us? Uh, support them. Uh, come with us. You can chant. You can create this banner. So how how difficult or how easy was that entire process of getting people to shift sports or shift from one 
famous team to another you know up and coming team it is basically a misconception you know to say that chennai only loves uh, cricket actually there are uh, most of the crowd here in chennai if you see uh, uh, they love to watch different sports there are people who don't even watch cricket in chennai uh, there are people like that are still here so uh, there is a uh, different set of fans for football here because you see football is not new to chennai maybe the isl was new but we had indian uh, indian bank which is playing in the i league before and we had always had a set of fans and we have uh, you know developed a lot of players uh, who came out of chennai so it always had a crowd and you know support for Ch- for football as a separate group so if you see in the first season it's isl itself maybe it is not a you know not a big thing but you see the attendance numbers and uh, we were there uh, throughout you know throughout the season all the matches the numbers were very high almost in for a game in chennai you have almost 18k 20k per you know in the 23 20k uh, stadium we almost had 18 uh, to 19k people for every game and the peak crowd was almost 26k when we had isl to season opening so uh, yes yeah, so the sport is not something that is uh, you know that we need to pull people away from cricket uh, uh, for example uh, in in our group itself in supporters group itself lot of people have watched cricket football and other sports as well at least as far as i know 20 30 of us watch different sports so it's not that uh, you know we only watch cricket and uh, uh, you know and no, not football so football as a separate fan base as i said do not believe uh, we also host uh, european matches screening so we get for uh, manchester united screenings almost about you know 200 300 if it's a derby there was 300 and 400 people and uh, you know same with uh, chelsea and uh, liverpool they almost have 100 uh, per screening so if you add all these numbers at least you will get around you know 500 600 easily so that is a kind of uh, group that we reached out at the first uh, uh, first phase obviously uh, the success also uh, brought more people uh, chennai has won the title uh, in season 2 itself uh, with marco at the helm so that uh, really been bringing you know bringing more people success always brings people and uh, uh, the love of the city is always there so whatever sport it may be whether you take the badminton league or kabaddi league that happened in chennai so whatever the sport the, uh, it always has uh, its own set of fans in chennai uh, there is no need you know to bring uh, people from one sport you know change the sport and come they always uh, you know prefer multi sport and there is a separate uh, fan base for uh, football itself so it was uh, a difficult process yes uh, for the first couple of seasons because you know the concept of supporters club and going to watch match and chant together it's all a new uh, you know new new concept for people who have not followed european football for a long time but uh, they understood its value from time to time as uh, arup was saying so once you start watching in a stadium with in the stands you would ne- you'll always want to come back you never want to you know say okay i'll watch from home you never choose that option because the atmosphere is crazy uh, that you will always want to come and uh, i remember in some of the games we were you know we were losing uh, we were drawing the match etc and uh, as i said we were always behind the, you know the uh, behind the dugout so we would be chanting throughout uh, no matter what whether we lose or, or you know whether we uh, draw the match so in that case that uh, m- motivation you know the people see uh, the factor behind it and it has led to us, um, most of the success example for season 2 and also la- the last season which we went into finals we were at the bottom of the table and we went on to you know become finals uh, this season and the second season we became champions 
and during that time of the flood itself so it is uh, so people see that that passion no that passion cannot be unmatched so once people see that passion it is easy to bring so it's like a fire it spreads easily from one guy to the other and when he goes to his office or when he goes to his college he obviously has to talk about it because uh, uh, the feeling is overwhelming so uh, that's how it happened uh, it took a difficult time because chennai is uh, not as you said uh, though they have a you know different set of people uh football has uh, took time uh, to you know to develop in chennai because as you see kerala the kerala blasters are even kolkata uh, the legacy clubs they have a lot of uh, fans and they are very crazy about it as well you see the numbers numbers answers that so it's been difficult process but it's been a steady one like every season you add 50 more to the group every season you we have a target you now every season let's add 50 more every season let's add 100 more so we worked on the basis of that so it is a uh groundwork that we we have put in throughout the seasons uh that covered up this number so everyone maybe you can say every one of the every one from bsb can count from 10 at 10 others of something like that you know it's very interesting because i i wouldn't have thought that you had like targets to meet and objectives to get x number of uh, you know people to come in because i would have thought that it would naturally happen but it it's quite interesting that you're running it that way i i haven't spoken to someone who has a fan club that way uh, i think i i used to we had that when we started this podcast you know start with a uh, an objective or a target and then try to reach that and all of that so uh but it's it's very interesting and you mentioned you know people of like manchester united supporters liverpool supporters arsenal supporters all of these supporters all joining in and you mentioned earlier on that it's probably because you know there's a club that is based in that particular city and so it it's i think easier to combine pe- even people who are supporting different clubs uh, can all unite together to support their own city club and i think that helps a lot uh, and uh, one more thing i wanted to mention actually so as i understand uh, chennai and has another supporters group called supermachans if i'm not mistaken uh, how does that you know dynamic play out you know are you trying to steal their uh, followers are they similar followers how, how does that dynamic play out yeah so uh, supermachans is uh, it's a brand that was created uh, at the start of the isl uh, 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 you know by uh, the club and they wanted to start a set of fans to follow everything etc uh, whereas we uh, we came out as uh, you know pure as a friends together concept uh, something like that uh, the difference is uh, basically how uh, arup was also earlier mentioning how they how they want to you know uh, go about supporting football so we have a uh, at beast and blues we have a specific concept right so we always pay for our tickets we don't get any previous you always pay uh, for your ticket so that uh, uh, the club will get the revenue and the revenue will uh, uh, will lead into you know growth of the football in the state for example uh, we need uh, we just not only think about uh, the game where we go and support it we also think about uh, the different aspects of uh, you know the club see chennai is not just a fan uh, a football club that just plays in chennai right so it wants uh, we we want it to relate to the community here in chennai so we wanted to have a grassroots level programs under 12 under 14 under 16 teams here so it all how it all translate out is how as a supporters we you know we buy the merchandise or we buy the tickets we buy the season tickets that obviously plays well with the sponsors so that is one of the core aims that we had uh, in 
BSB. The other thing is how you approach football, you know, uh, how you approach football as a game or how you want to carry out things. You want to say there is a line between a banter and an abuse. So there is a line, there is a, you know, there is a line that we don't cross or we don't want to cross. There are specific ways that we behave. How do we behave? How do we represent ourselves? So such things are, uh, uh, such things different from different fan clubs, uh, basically from Super Machans and us. So, yeah, it's not about stealing fans, uh, as in, uh, because they also have similar uh, traits uh, of uh, what we are doing. It's just that uh, the ideologies were uh, so different and we grew apart uh, too much so that we cannot come together again. So, it's just that. So, we don't steal, uh, uh, you know, steal, uh, as I said, uh, fans exactly like that. Uh, as a, They have a trait, right? So, if you are in BSB, you, 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 you have a certain thing. For example, we chant throughout. Right, that that is no non-stop. That is, uh, yeah, that is nothing until the fat lady sings. It ain't over. So even in the last season, we were at the bottom of the table. So we don't stop there. Yeah, right. Until it is mathematically impossible for the club, uh, you know, to say that uh, we are out of the contention, we don't stop. So such traits is what inspires people to, you know, join the supporters club rather than, uh, you know, we try to bring someone else uh, from the other supporters group. No, I, 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 okay. I actually didn't, I wasn't aware that, you know, the club had started the Super Merchants as, as a part of, you know, uniting the fan base together. And I, that's quite interesting. I don't think I've ever come across a club that has done that. Uh, but yes, I can totally understand, you know, the differences in the organizations uh, of the supporters club. And yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I, I think I'd rather favor the Beast and Blues on that front. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I haven't added super much on yet, so I can say that with some sort of bias. Yeah, so uh, I want to, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah. I want to, yeah. Yeah, I want to correct that. See, obviously it is started by the club, but they grew uh, themselves by themselves, basically. So I don't want to say that they're still ring run. So it is part of the club. See, when you start a club, you obviously want a group of supporters, right? So it is just that the club is taking initiative to bring like-minded people together. That's it. Uh, it's about uh, so it is still being run by separate uh, separate entity or a separate group of people uh, right now. So they are doing their work and we are doing that. Just as I said, the ideologies is so different that we could you know never come together. No, it's great that you can coexist. At the end of the day, the club only benefits that you have a biggest you know fan base rather than an in-house fan base. You know, two fan bases fighting in-house, right? Uh, that oh, you stole this, you stole that, blah blah blah. So it's good that you both coexist in the same. Uh, footballing fan universe. All right, other uh, talking about followers. I mean, I know we brought this up in our previous podcast when you know I mentioned that I was really surprised to hear that there was actually a West Ham supporters club in India. Uh, the fact that it wasn't one of the traditional top six uh, of the Premier League or the top two in La Liga or all of that. So you know, getting followers. I know you mentioned it earlier that you know you had there's a lot of you know, groundwork that had to be done in order to get a solid fan base and kickstart the club. But apart from that, how else did it progress? Was it like the others mentioned, mostly word of mouth, or how how's how's it been getting followers on a regular basis for West Ham? Um, quite honestly, it's been slow. Um, we did have a surge in the number of new supporters of West Ham, particularly 
after the 2015-2016 season when Dimitri Pae played for us and Lanzini was in hot form and Slavin Bilic was our manager and uh, we qualified for the Europa League. So there were a bunch of new supporters back then, but I think that was all just simply because of uh, Dimitri Pae. And uh, then we had a few more followers, new followers, uh, come join the club when Anarkovic was playing. Now, and that was something else again. But So it's been limited to uh, specific instances where the club has done well and we have new young people support the club and uh, um, reach out to us. But other than that, our focus has solely been on trying to find uh, more supporters in India who actually are... Um, followers of the club for the for a long time and that's what we've that's what we've been trying to do and uh, even though the rise in number of members has been slow uh, we do come across on an average about four to five members every month and I know that doesn't sound big compared to some of the other other clubs here on this podcast and uh, in India but um, for for a supporters club of a club like West Ham in India, it's it's not a bad number at all. Definitely. I think I think the thing with West Ham is that a lot is dependent on their performances on the pitch. Uh, right. especially because especially in the last decade or so. So like you said, it's kind of tracing fans of the club who were say, you know, so watching West Ham in the mid two thousands when they were still more, you know, rel- not I wouldn't say relevant, but much more competitive than they are right now. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, you spoke about fans coming to support just because of Dimitri Paye or Anatovic and all. And, and I guess that happens in all clubs that there are fans who support players rather than the club. So wherever the player moves, they tend to move yeah. uh, clubs like that. And you get those temporary fans there. But you know, I, I I would imagine that the fans that you actually have on the or in the club rather are actually loyal ones. I mean, that I think their loyalty is unwavering. Their love for the club is unwavering. That you wouldn't see them, you know, shift just because West Ham aren't performing that well. So, uh, yeah, I think even though the numbers may be relatively smaller as compared to the clubs that, that are on the podcast today or in India, like you said, uh, yeah. the loyalty, you know, is there. You, you, I think it's very, the percentage of people or plastic fans, as we love to call them, would be on the lower end. You know? Oh, 100%. Uh, 100%. Because uh, on an average, I can tell you that of the, the number of years, uh, our members have been supporting this club varies between 10 to 20 years. That's that's on an average. We have members who have supported it longer than that. And uh, we have members um, who've, who've been a supporter their whole life. But um, like you mentioned, there are very few, very few members who actually are new or nascent supporters. We had the Dimitri Pai and Marco Anarkovic bunch of supporters who are still with the club, thankfully. They haven't left when Pai left or Anarkovic left. But uh, they're, they're very few in number that way. Most of them are, have been with this club 
it also helps that, i mean like you said like i think we've discussed this earlier again that you know it only when performances are good you get people more you get people's attention uh you know you grab people's attention rather that yeah. people start to look at this club as a potential club that they could support in the longer period so you know pai fans may have been introduced to west ham united when he moved but then you know they they might actually grow to like it in the long run they really like even if pai leaves we may actually sub- continue supporting and that's uh you know that always helps i mean manchester united has so many fans because they were so successful if they were not as successful as they were or if yeah. they were are going through this period of 7 years i doubt the numbers would be as massive as they are right now uh, um, i agree I mean, yeah. I mean, also, it helps that you they buy you know marquee players who guarantee t-shirts, uh, or jersey sales and all of that. So household yeah, names, as they call it. Yeah, the the approach uh, for a West Ham fan is always slightly different. You're you're buying into uh, the history of the club. You're buying into uh, the fact that the club may not win trophies, but it's going to give you. um joy in a number of other ways uh, because the club is always so connected to you and the club is uh, um always there for you. you 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 have a personal touch with a club like west ham something you definitely will not see with the likes of a united or an arsenal or a city which have millions and millions of fans across the world definitely uh, probably have to agree with you there uh all right so we'll come back to you shortly Manu, uh, talking about Bajapara, and you spoke about you having like global wings and you know the Gulf and all of that. How how did you come about that? Because in the Gulf, I as I'm as far as I'm aware, you really can't watch the ISL unless you have you know like the Hotstar or you stream it somehow. So how did you come about creating a global wing or a global brand uh, for Kerala Blasters? Uh, see, uh, if you go anywhere, any part of the world, there is Malayalis. So our aim was to just unite them. They're scattered around, so just unite them under the banner, Manjapada. So if you've seen wherever India football go, like Turkmenistan, Macau, uh, Beit, uh, China, Beit, Gulf, anywhere in the world, our members have been there to support the team. That's the main thing. so uh, uh we, do, we do a lot of activities we do a lot of activities uh, like football tournaments in girls upping meetings uh, screenings that's something which like outside community people cannot come to stadium like they, they make it feel feel like a complete experience which they get inside the stadium if you, if you see the videos you can understand that that's how passionate the people are and there are even people who come to watch just one match from gulf see see that's the passion that's the passion they have you uh so so that's how we actually had the global brand or global image we created everywhere we have members then even we welcome players abroad we don't wait them to come here we welcome the players abroad last year like the coach was in oman so we welcome the coach in oman so that's how uh we are utilizing our maximum to this away wings using their uh limited in their limitations they are doing a brilliant job so 
that's how we have grown as a brand in the Gulf region, not in the, not in the Gulf, all around the world. If I, yeah, I mean, great. If there's, and you're right. I mean, if there's one thing that I know about Malayalis is that we are in every nook and corner of the world. Uh, you will find us everywhere. Uh, but no, it's very interesting because, yes, I understand that, you know, the, the population, uh, you know, is vastly spread across. And especially in the Gulf, it's quite, uh, you know, Malayalis are quite prominent. Uh, but I was just a little more like confused or puzzled as to how they watch the ISL because for me uh, as far as I know you need like a VPN or something to actually grab a hold of the games you know uh, if they're to be telecasted by via Hotstar but uh, I think if there's a live telecast somewhere else like you mentioned then it becomes a little more easier and yeah whether it's at uh, restaurants or whether it's at uh, it's quite interesting and even you mentioned you know uh play the fans meeting and uh the players or any managers that you guys sign it, it abroad it's quite a huge operation going on there uh I, I didn't really think it was that large i'd always thought it would be confined to if not kerala but india only uh, so it's quite i'm quite surprised by that but i mean so welcome surprised glad to know that you know it it's it's becoming a huge thing there. Thing there. We actually have local broadcast. I mean, uh, there's a, like all the local languages. The football is shown. Yes, Kishanet channel which shows ISL uh, with Malayalam language. The Kishanet movie is available. That's how they stream the match. Oh, okay. Oh, but is that only Kerala ma- uh, Kerala Blaster matches? Because, yeah, I know Asianet is there, but I didn't think that they showed ISL. I was actually should then check that out, though. Yeah, they show every ISL matches. Oh, all right. Okay, that that's quite interesting. I should actually then check it out. Uh, although, yeah, I mean, I have hot starts, so it really shouldn't be an issue. But, uh, no, but that that's quite interesting to know. I really didn't know. So that basically solves my problem about having to broadcast and watch uh, live matches on the TV. Uh, but all right. So now moving on, we I wanted to know, you know, getting official recognition from the club. Like Chelsea India is one of the recognized uh, fan clubs worldwide for Chelsea Football Club. Uh, how did you come? You mentioned yes that it was a little tough to get their attention or get their get them to notice that there is a fan base in India. How did that? You know, could you just explain that process as to how it came about in a little more detail? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so what happened was uh, basically we first there's an application that we sent uh, along with a letter. Saying that you know we are a fan club and we'd like to be officially recognized, uh, and these letters went about multiple times, but we were not getting any reply. Uh, so you know, after a point, we just felt like what's happening? Are the letters not reaching? Or what? What was happening? Uh, at that point, the fans had been speaking to for so long over uh, message boards and all. Uh, there was a northeast uh, supporters club. This was northeast England. 
so uh, those guys i reached out to and i said you know like hey we've been reaching out to the club but have not no response uh, that's when uh, one of the members of that supporters club went and talked to the support uh, head of supporter uh, liaison and uh, so until that time uh, they only had match going fans as supporters and there was no uh, you know uh, supporters group for international fans which would probably not even imagine you know coming to games uh, and that point so i think they also started recognizing that the club has got bigger and now what they need to do is uh, uh, recognize these fans uh, and they accepted us and there were a bunch of other countries from where uh, supporters group were recognized uh, and from then on uh there was no looking back and you know the club has been uh, more than kind always been in touch uh, always try to send someone down you know whether it's a retired player or coaches or someone in they try to be in touch they do recognize india as a country with a lot of potential uh, fan base and potential to grow when was this application made though uh first time we made it was in 2006 we actually eventually became official for uh, in 2010 okay so you were probably the lucky charm when they won the because then after that they won the champions league uh but yeah i mean it sounds interesting because it i can understand how difficult it must have been to get someone's attention especially a club that and you think 2006 at, at that point chelsea were probably at the height of or at the peak of their powers right uh, jose yeah. mourinho uh, winning two premier league titles in a row and was one of the unbeatable sides in the premier league and so i can understand you know why they felt or why they might have certainly overlooked uh, you know messages from somebody from 6000 miles away you know saying hey uh, we like we support chelsea you know why don't you look at us and they're like yeah i don't have time for that but i'm glad that you didn't you persevered because i, I think you know four years is a long time i would have thought like after a year or two i would have been like ah this ain't happening but i'm glad that you persevered and you know you pushed and you found a way through uh, because you know without that like you said you wouldn't have gotten to meet people uh, chelsea the legends or players or coaches or staff whoever comes so th- that's always a benefit there so yeah i mean that that sounds really interesting uh, but other how was it i mean how did the indian hammers get the attention of the of west ham united because similar to chelsea india uh, and arup mentioned that it took him a while to get their att- the attention of a club that is situated like 5000 6000 miles away and so how how was it that you guys got the attention of the west ham united uh, management to to recognize that there is a credible and loyal fan base in india like i said um when when you support a club like west ham which is a community club which is close to people's heart and um, and um something that that something that's built into their ethos um things are slightly different compared to uh, some of the other larger organizations um that we have supporter supporters clubs here on this call for but uh, like i mentioned 
for West Ham, things were very different. When we started the Indian Hammers, uh, we reached out to West Ham to over email just to let them know that we are a supporters club in India and we're trying to get things off the ground here. And uh, almost instantly, we were showered with support from them. We, the, the media managers of West Ham reached out to us. The club executives reached out to us um, a lot. I, I can't remember the exact designations of the uh, persons who did. But um, a lot of the people who are involved within the core group of West Ham uh, reached out to us within 24 to 48 hours of our email uh, to let us know that they are very appreciative of the fact that there is a supporters club in India um, and that any support that we need in terms of, uh, say, setting up the organization, understanding what West Ham is about, or even finding new supporters, they would be more than happy to lend uh, lend support our way. And so right from day one, we had a very strong relationship with the media team as well as the uh, core unit of the West Ham management. And that really helped um, kick off the fact that we, we were doing something that uh, is being appreciated by a club that is situated 5,000 kilometers away. So the club was really happy to find out that they had supporters here. And uh, yeah, that, that's how it's been from day one for us. So very, very pleased with how quick they were and how responsive they've been right through these six years. Yeah, the responsiveness is what amazes me because like Arup had mentioned, it took him at think four years to actually get the attention of Chelsea Football Club. But I mean, I guess those were differing times. I think Chelsea during that time, like we said, were probably at their peak and, you know, they probably were concentrating on stuff on the pitch rather than off it. And But eventually he did get there. And, but to see West Ham, you know, immediately embrace the fact that they have a global fan base out there and you know, they're always welcome. Uh, they're always happy to welcome new fans yeah. uh, to their club it's it's quite nice to hear about that yeah. i mean especially especially the fact that he said it's 24 to 48 hours that's quite a quick reply for someone you know who's probably got other things on his mind and to really to be really that responsive shows that they truly do care i'm not saying that i mean that's not to say that chelsea don't care but yeah, obviously it could no, also be of how yeah of how imp- like the it like i said it depends on where you are i think Arup mentioned that he applied for it in 2006. You know, t- at that time, social media also wasn't at the peak. So I guess yeah. later on, you do, uh, as social media progressed, as uh, people got to be more aware of how big their brand was, that they yeah. could finally accept it. So, no, but it, it, it's quite nice to hear of that. Uh, and I just want to ask you, what... What has the club done? Like you mentioned, they've, they've they said that whatever you need, we're probably we're there to help. But uh, in terms of you know, how, do they provide merchandise to you on a regular basis? What like uh, Arupal also mentioned that they sometimes send down ex players, former players, legends, coaches, players, uh, trainers, stuff like that. So what what has the club kind of done to show their appreciation for your support? Um. Quite a few, quite a few uh, small things which really helps the supporters clubs here. Uh, we do have 
um we do have uh, free shipping for all merchandise that we purchase from the west ham store uh that is available for every member of the uh, west ham united supporters club um shipping costs as you may be aware from uh, from a club club store in london to india is almost the same price as the goods itself so that that really helped um, that really helped more people and more supporters here order stuff directly from the online west ham store um we've had our messages displayed on uh the london stadium's uh, big screen we've had our messages directly read out by uh by the west ham captain mark noble uh we've had um, west ham reach out to us during indian festivals such as diwali and uh, send us uh, handwritten letters uh sometimes from the management sometimes from the players uh we do receive um, video messages from some of the players sometimes uh, in response to some of our uh, fan messages or supporter letters to the club so they've done a bunch of things like that and uh, which which really helps uh, uh, keep the support strong here and in addition to that uh, we've also been in touch with them on a number of proposals for collaborations in india on future tour visits in india and um, if at all in the future west ham do come by uh, for a summer tour of asia and india um they will be in touch with the indian hammers because that's their official supporters club here so we have that sort of arrangements with the club uh, which uh, hopefully will mean that if west ham comes to india we'll be in touch with them so that that's i i'm i'm not, I'm not I'm not sure uh, how this plays across uh, with the other supporters clubs but um, the responsiveness and uh, the family feel that you get from uh, the management and the media team of West Ham is something quite special. Definitely it's nice to I mean I I know everyone here would probably say the same thing that the club has done stuff for the fans because it's always this entire business is on reciprocity so fans uh, will support the club and i'm i'm not saying that they should expect something but more yeah. often than not they do get something back in return whether it's on the pitch in terms of trophies and performances or if it's off the pitch in terms of you know whether in, in tough times like this they get messages from the club staff or the players you know some something or the other so there's, there's always that and i'm and i'm happy that you know clubs aren't forgetting about their global uh, fan clubs that you know they just acknowledge that you're there and then leave it at that this very in in tune with what's going on there they want to make sure that you know the club is do- the supporters clubs are doing well the members are happy you you want to keep them happy so you do all that you can there so it's nice that they don't dis- dis- uh, disregard you or discard you away once they've said that okay we have a fan base in india good enough that's it uh so yeah definitely uh, all yeah. right so uh, i guess that should be it for Hammer, the indian hammers right now we'll just get back to you with our last question uh but madan uh, like arup mentioned a lot of the benefits that the club gives 
its fan base, its dedicated, loyal fan base. How, what has the club done for B-Stand Blues? If you could give me a, an idea as to how you and the club interact on you know either a weekly basis or a monthly basis and you know what are the benefits you've seen since forming b stand bsb so since forming bsb uh it first uh, couple, first year or first two maybe i'll say first one or one and a half years it was difficult to get attention from the club because uh, the other other club which is the super merchants they had a prominent numbers uh, so what happened one season when the players were coming for uh, isl3 probably uh, when pre- when the players were coming we went around uh, 50 people to airport to welcome it was around 3 at the midnight so uh, that is the time when the club has noted okay there is some some people who you know who are uh, uh, who who is uh, willingly interested but they are a separate who has not into flow, fold so they invited us uh, to meet with the club owners and the team members uh, probably at start of the season 3 uh, which is when we you know we were officially uh, got in touch with the club first two seasons it was uh, not we were running the pages you know we were uh, doing things uh, we were watching the matches but uh, we, we didn't get the attention from the club and uh, only after that player welcome they took notice of us and you know started interacting with us on basis so what specifically uh, uh, fan clubs do receive from the uh, ISL clubs is, the ISL is basically new to India, right? So the football knowledge or how to run supporters club or how to interact uh, with supporters, it's uh, the knowledge people, the people who work behind the football, who understand the concept, for example, he might be a marketing manager, but he doesn't know the football side of how he associates with you know football, the passion, the fans, and connect everything together. Whereas you take uh, any European clubs, it's altogether different because they have been doing this for, you know, for generations. So that uh, that was a real struggle at the starting because uh, uh, some of the officials uh, uh, or the people who are interacting uh, had me had idea. But as the season grew, everything started developing because new new people got into their positions. And some of them were, you know, for, who are following European football, who are following European football, who uh, regularly watches uh, uh, things like that. So they clubs i think the club choose specific people like that who already had knowledge on football maybe so once uh, we we were on board uh, usually uh, from the club sites uh, we visit uh, the players uh, by we have a training session where we go to, uh, go and watch the players and uh, uh, we yeah. get all the interview or uh, interview calls uh, wherever there is a event happening that is run by the club uh, in different locations around across the city or in uh, in the other cities, etc. So we have a special uh, liaison, uh, or you call you say fan management person who manages fan bases, the who interact us with the everyday basis, uh, get our ideas. So we have maybe what uh, uh, five six meetings with the officials uh, throughout this last season, and uh, we also meet with the owners uh, season every season. I mean, the start of the season to. And they try to get us what we are feeling and what we are, uh, you know, what we are expecting from the club. And uh, some of uh, some of the things that we present, what we expect from the club. As I said, we would like uh, Chennai FC or any ISL football club for that matter, not just to be an entity or franchise, something like, uh, you know, just come and play football and go, find up and play for six months, close it and go. We don't want that kind of, you know, clubs here. We want a club that can invest in the people here, invest in the community, develop uh, youngsters. Uh, you know, someday where people from Chennai can play in Chennai FC. 
uh, dominant. Right now, we have only a couple of players. So we want more players to come from under 12 and under 14 into the main team. So these are all what are the good triads that we have learned uh, from the European football basis, following European football or how it can be done. And we try to pass it on uh, to the club uh, that this is what we are expecting out of you. This is what we are interesting. So main thing that they have done for us in the couple of seasons is bringing the season ticket. I know uh, season ticket is something like you know, for a European uh, fan base, it's like something that is regular. But for Indian fan base, it is something like, you know, crying out because from season two, we were trying through different forums to get a season ticket uh, so that, you know, it, it is a proud moment. See, whatever you say, if you see a, go and see our Twitter handles or Instagram handles, everyone would have a proud uh, season ticket member of Chennai NFC. So that is something that we took pride of. And uh, we have been bugging the club about uh, for a few seasons now. And uh, yeah, some of the clubs, uh, for example, ATK and uh, Bangalore FC, they implemented a little bit earlier. But at least uh, we got in board a couple of, uh, couple of years ago. One season, what we did is we ordered all the match tickets for all the people and we put it together by ourselves, you know, tagging the 10 tickets for 10 matches together and distributing it. So the club has brought in season ticket and gave it, a, a, you know, maybe a bit of reduced price than the regular tickets include all the merchandise, for example, uh, the jersey and uh, keychains and some other uh, uh, things. So, yeah, so that's how the club is communicating with us on an everyday basis. So if they would listen to this, I don't know whether they listen to this. I want to thank them also for this interaction. Of course, there is a lot of things to improve, but it is all on a good track, I would say. It definitely. I think I mean, it, it is a learning experience. I think even some of the European clubs do struggle and they learn from their mistakes or they learn as they grow older and older. And I feel like that's the same case with Chennaiyan. That initially, yes, when setting up the ISL, they were also maybe at odds as to how to you know, handle fan bases and you know, ha- uh, get people in more involved. And yes, that does take time and I'm glad that they have now learned their lesson and have, you know, looked uh, to the West for inspiration because they've been doing it for a long period of time, like you mentioned. So uh, they, they're clearly moving in the right direction, as you said. So uh, I would, kudos to them and hopefully, you know, there are more benefits to come uh, in the near future. Uh, Manu, one last question that I had, okay, is that we are now looking into the future at a post-COVID or post-pandemic scenario where fans may not be allowed into the stadiums for, say, at least uh, half a year or so uh, until such a time that, you know, things are not as tense as they are right now. Uh, Also, that may be that, that may also result in the ISL being, I don't know if it's, the talks of it being postponed or whether they I, I don't know what the talks are right now but or playing behind closed doors all of that so as a you know as an admin of a supporters group how does that and also even if they were to play behind closed doors you can't organize large gatherings i'm guessing that would be another restriction so how are you planning for post covid era as a supporters group so I guess the ISL beginning around November, but still, uh, but anyway, it will be in uh, closed door. That's what I think. Uh, but currently, right now, this pandemic situation itself, we have started a lot of activities, queues inside the WhatsApp groups, 
best tournament in that we raised money for the PMKs and CMPR of around 1,60,000 rupees we gave to the, we donated to that then uh, there is a program called off the pitch in our Instagram where we interact with uh, former players so that's something uh, we have been doing right now but when the season starts anyway broadcasting that's the only option so we should actually have we have a net plan for that but uh, we should actually have like uh, something via online self watch the match post like uh, take a video that you are, you are watching together with the family so put in the social media create engagement that's something we can do then other thing is that we have already started this one uh, zoom meetings where how decide the plans for what to do in this season uh, how can we make it most effective so right now the the working committee meeting was there then there's a state core district course so usually for a wing meeting is around 250 people come so we are actually planning to do that uh, like bring our members to the uh, online streamings and have meetings there tell the people about the situations of the club tell what we can do get innovative ideas so let's see we have just rolling out our plans it's not yet officially out but let's see that definitely i i think it's i know what this period has given us this entire lockdown period has given us is like time for us to plan for the future and I can see that you've already thought about different ways to get fans involved into watching matches because I'm pretty sure we won't be able to go to those stadiums. We won't be able to organize large gatherings. Sure, maybe you'd organize like five to six people maximum, but you can't have your 30, 40, 50 odd people sitting in a bar watching the match. And so, yeah, I was I was going to suggest, I'm at Zoom, WebEx, those are, uh, we're now into the age of, you know, social media and you know all this digital technology uh that we can connect to anybody anywhere uh, and uh, yeah i guess those are certainly uh viable alternatives to look at okay so before i end this particular podcast i want to ask each one of you uh one question which is what is the best thing that your club has ever done for you as a supporters group so let's start off with Aru. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a difficult one because there's so many good things. Uh, I would suggest, uh, keep it simple and say it's given me a family, uh, a family outside of the one I was born into, uh, a family that I was chosen for myself, and that sticks sticks together no matter what. Uh, like I said, 2006 was the time when we applied to a fan club because Chelsea was its peak. We had a considerable fan base and stuff. But uh, with time, we've seen bad times. Uh, we've seen these terrible times also. But the fans have stuck together. And that is like a blessing that uh, I couldn't really ask for anything more from this fan club. And, okay, one other question. I just came up with this right now, sir. That wasn't our last question. Uh, what would What advice would you get give to someone who's thinking about setting up a supporters group? 
nothing just be passionate about it if you are passionate about it everyone sees the passion and they are automatically attracted to you uh mother and manu have both made really good points when when either of them speaks you can see how passionate they are about their fan club uh and that makes you if i was in chennai want to be a fan, associated with them i think that's what attracts anyone to you know uh, you feel you are the biggest fan everyone feels they are the biggest fan of their clubs when they are passionate about it uh it's when you come and meet other people who are like minded like you it attracts you and you want to be around them you want to be with them in the right sense obviously uh <laughs> and that's the only piece of advice i'll probably give perfect uh madan same question same two questions rather the best moments uh, uh, there is no uh, different answer than what arup said so it's the family the friendships uh, you know that extends beyond uh, football so some of us grew into uh, as very close friends uh, they still you know spend their every days together so that, that is the main thing that uh, the supporters uh, you know the supporters club gave especially the bsb and uh, one thing that i liked most is the away 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 travel especially when we travel to bengaluru uh, so yeah like kerala is a little bit yes but uh, we don't like to travel to kerala but uh, bengaluru yes of course because uh, uh, the away days are always special so the party uh, the day before the travel so that is something that that is beyond uh, you know a comprehension so it had to be uh, be in a bus you know be in a train with uh, 100 of us together and you know travel and then you will understand in a different city how you are trying to uh, you know uh, establish yourself etc so i would say away day away day is the best uh, experience that the supporter club of course uh, the home is all, always the first one but uh, away day is something special that no one will ever forget brilliant and, uh, yeah yeah go on. yeah yeah so with advice of uh, uh, creating a new fan uh, supporters club i would say other than the fan club so supporters club follow your uh, follow your passion as he said and then be calm because see, it takes lot of time especially in country like india it doesn't uh, you know overnight grow it could be superficial so if we keep calm run your pages run your social media pages be passionate about be participating in event so the numbers will add automatically if you do a good job uh, the numbers will definitely uh, will add together perfect uh i mean sound advice and yeah i think some of the away days would i think that's a more core group that tends to go for the away days so i think that's where the bond is much more bigger and much more special uh home days yes of course uh are like it's like a fortress it's like your home uh but yeah i i'd completely agree with that so other same question uh what has the what's the best thing that the club or west ham has done for the indian hammers supporters club and also what is the what is the one advice you'd give to people who are looking to start fan clubs in the near future whether it be local clubs or even international epl la liga bundesliga whatever so what is the advice you'd give it, give them um i think i think uh, it's tough to narrow down on one of the best things that the club has done uh, for for the supporters club but uh, i think just the fact that they are available to us at any point of time uh, that i think just gives us uh, a very good feel 
about uh, about the club itself because we've seen um, so many times me included when whenever we've uh, we've traveled to london um either for work or just to watch a game we reach out to the club uh a week in advance a month in advance and we tell them hey we're going to be there over this weekend and without fail the club has always organized tickets for us the club has always organized uh, uh a stadium tour for us the club has i mean i i can't even remember uh, the number of times now that they've done this so it's just incredible that just by sending one email and uh they they don't even need to care about us we're a supporters club with like 50 members sitting 5000 kilometers away in a different continent but just the fact that we send an email and tell them that look we're in london over the weekend uh it would be great if you could watch a game the tickets are sold out and bam they just give you a hospitality suite ticket for you it's just insane it's happened to so many of our members um that we're very very eternally grateful for the club and um, in terms of advice for anyone trying to start a supporters club here um look i know it 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 depends on a couple of things one it depends on the kind of club you support if you have uh if if you support a club like an arsenal or united or chelsea or a city um the uh, the number of fans you come across will be so much easier the number of people you come across will be so much more easier so i'll leave it to the other guys on this podcast to give advice for uh, people trying to start uh, fan clubs like that but uh, i'll just give a couple of tips for people who are trying to start fan clubs or supporter clubs for smaller teams or smaller organizations either in the premier league or uh, uh, the la liga or in the championship in, even just make sure that whoever you are taking on board is an actual supporter try and have some sort of uh background check some sort of verification some sort of test so that you know that you're getting a loyal fan on board because it's not about numbers alone it's not about just growing your popularity on social media it's about making sure that the core of the group stays strong because once you have that over a number of years you can eventually grow your organization you will eventually find fans leave that to the football on the pitch but just make sure that you are taking the right people on board the second thing make sure you organize enough match meets that is critical not just to show to the world that there is a supporters club out there for your particular football club but also because it's a great place to connect with your members find new members as well and i know for clubs like west ham or say a crystal palace or a huddersfield or uh, uh, say a malaga even uh, your games may not be on tv all the time so your match meets um, the best way we do it is we reach out to a local bar we reach out to a local uh, uh, say uh, a shisha parlor or something like that where you have a large number of youngsters going and chilling for a while and we tell them look why don't we stream this match you know hotstar has all the games anyway um it may not be live on tv but you can stream it and you can connect it to their projector connect it to their tv i know it takes a little bit of effort but you need to go down that route just to make sure that people know that your club is out there and it may be a little harder and a little tougher than it may be for some of the other established football clubs but the satisfaction of it is um, is is very very strong 
yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, especially given you know the size of the club, you know the position that they're in, finding followers may range from being completely very easy to being very difficult. But I, I think, yeah, if especially if you're starting a supporters club of like Norwich and like you mentioned that you do need to do background checks so that you don't get these you know fake fans who just come in for you know, the freebies and then push off when they feel like it yeah. uh and yeah you've got to treat it somewhat like a citizen test whether you're an uh, american citizen citizenship test or something like that so that's there uh i i would disagree that you know finding city followers may not be that uh easy <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it, is it still tough now? <laughs> it's nah. I mean, there are people there. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I I find it difficult. I mean, I have found yeah. people who do support, but it's yeah. certainly much more difficult to find than you know the other clubs. I think I found it easier to find a West Ham supporter than it did to find a City supporter. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And so I just want to ask you, so which, uh, say in Bangalore and all, what, what's the, which club, bar or pub, where, where do you, where's your hangout? So, so for games that are telecast on TV, we usually go to Doff in Indranagar. Doff okay. pub in Indranagar. Uh, for games that are not telecast on TV and uh, it's streaming on Hotstar and we need to connect our own laptops, uh, uh, to the projector screen, uh, we have two places. One is uh, the Open Box, which is a great bar in uh, St. Mark's, St. Mark's Road in Bangalore. Mm-hmm. And they have a gigantic screen, a pool table. I, mean, I know it sounds like I'm pitching the bar, but I have nothing to do with it. It's just a, <laughs> a very nice place where we watch our West Ham games. And uh, the other place is this, uh, this local restaurant called uh, the Eden Park. Uh, okay. So we 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 sort of have a good relationship with uh, both these both these bars, and they're receptive towards uh, us connecting our laptops and streaming a West Ham game on the big screen. Um, so it works out for us, and um, it's a good place for us to all catch up over a couple of drinks and uh, support the Hammers. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, sounds exciting. And yeah, let's see I mean, if one thing opens up, and if I find myself there, I'd like to. I'd the probably try and see. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I was there in December, if I knew known about that there was a West Ham yeah. supporters club yeah. back then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So Manu, uh, again, what what was the best moment? that Kerala Blasters gave you as a supporters group and you know what advice would you have? Best thing the club has done for Manyapada and the best thing that the club has done for me I would like to say that also so I'm right now studying sports management so even the introduction I gave in uh, the college I said that thanks to Sachin and thanks Nidampani so that's something um, uh, that has the club has done for me just changed my life actually or else I would have been somewhere else uh, then the best thing that has happened for Manyapada, I would say that traveling for the away matches, the family, like others spoke, the unity, 
everybody chanting together, everybody dancing together. Well, that actually gives something an extra feeling that you can ex you can't explain. Uh, that's something really amazing. Uh, the club has supported us in a lot of ways. Uh, like they have been with us. Like if you tell something, they are ready to hear our suggestions and all. It's all going good actually. Then if you're starting up a new supporters group or something, I would say that like it should not be a, a one centric. I mean, the power should not be with one person. It should be equally dis distributed. Others also should have that feeling of responsibility. Give them duties. When I joined one itself, the seniors who was there in the group, they told me you take Twitter to uh, handle that. Gave me a responsibility. So that gave me a sense of belongingness that yes, this is my old fan club. I need to contribute for it. So that's something uh, all the fan clubs which are going to come uh, should do. Concentrate on that. That's my advice. Like five years being with this fan club that's what i have learned also so that's it yeah you kind of hit the nail on the head there that you know everybody needs a sense of belonging you know it, it, there's no point of a fan club if, if only one person's in charge it's kind of like a dictatorship that one person's in charge and everyone else is like following his rules everyone needs to be you know you needs to feel like they have they are either contributing something to that club or that they are a part of a huge family. Only then does it truly work. And I completely agree with you on that. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad that I'm your f first podcast as well. Though, like you said, you've done certain interviews before. And uh, yeah, did, did you say that you were a national supporter uh, or you are a national supporter as well? Yes, I'm a national supporter. Yeah, I, I think like I, I know a lot of people from Kerala who support Arsenal. I just don't know what the connection is somehow, uh, whether it's a style of play or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's all good answers from all of you. I think you all, I, I was expecting someone to say, oh, they sent this legend and all that. But uh, I'm not surprised that you all said that you, know, uh, you think of your fan clubs as a big part, uh, family apart from your actual family. So uh, that was a nice touch from all of you. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's all the time we have for this particular podcast episode. It's been, I think, yeah, an hour and 20 minutes. So I hope you all out there listening to this podcast episode have taken away something uh, valuable, whether it is, you know, whether you're thinking of starting your own fan club or any, even if you're starting something of your own, I think these lessons are quite valuable to you because you know stay passionate uh, you know persevere with what you want to do uh, if you, it's something that you like and yeah if you're involving other people yeah make sure that you know you treat them right and give make sure that they feel included rather than you know a follower of sorts so i mean i hope this i hope you weren't bored i hope you uh, you've enjoyed this entire hour of podcast uh, talking about fan clubs and how they started how they came about how they've grown over the past decade or so and thanks arup adoksh mother and manu for being uh, a part of this podcast and taking out your taking out some time from your hectic schedules uh, i know everyone's cooped up in and probably work from home means you're working extra hours over here but uh, i mean i'm glad that we could finally get this call through 
and looking forward to working and speaking with you guys you know on separate podcast episodes in the near future yeah i guess that's about it don't forget to uh, leave a like you can rate us you can follow us on seven different podcast platforms including anchor spotify google podcast uh, apple podcast yeah you name it we're probably there you can follow us on twitter as well uh, that's football_sake uh, and on instagram which is ffs podcast so yeah you can follow us there as well let us know if you'd like to be a part of this podcast as well and share with friends and family and uh, we'd love to hear from you we as i said we're keen on listening to anyone and everyone who's watched the sport and who's essentially wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning to follow their favorite teams right so yeah i guess that's about it i'm your host pradi once again and see you